I know I seem to do it every single time. It is hard to believe. But I've gotten into another classic Nicky scrape. I'm in Santa's sleigh. Yeah, I know. I don't think I'm meant to be here, so I'll see how things go. So long as I keep quiet and there's nothing to alert him to my presence. I'm off on a round the world trip. Nicky, I found a tricycle you asked for. Oh, typical. Who's that? Reindeers, attack! Start every Christmas episode being chased by a reindeer. Rudolph got you last year. Yes, I remember. Still have the bruises. Sadly, this is the final show of the season. But thankfully, it just so happens to come at the most wonderful time of the year. So, although the show isn't strictly all about Christmas, it's going to be pretty jam-packed with holly, glitter and tinsel. First, someone who has a very suitable film favourite. My name is Adam. I live in Dunedin, New Zealand. The film I watched more than anything else is The Polar Express. Well, you coming? Where? Why, to the North Pole, of course! When I was little, I would keep it in the DVD player, and every morning when I woke up, I'd turn on the TV and watch it again. I loved it so much. I was obsessed with the trains back then. I decided that it was a good movie, mainly because it had trains in it, but it was also good in general. The Polar Express got a hard time when it first came out. Probably because of the scary eyes of Mr. Tom Hanks and all the children in it. But despite that, it's actually become a firm holiday hit. So clearly they got something right. I suggest we all hold on tightly! Later in the show, we'll get a lot more suggestions from all of you. For me, a huge part of Christmas is about sitting down with your family and enjoying something that everyone can get on board with. Lots of films aren't really about Christmas but my memory of them so attached to watching them with people in a room surrounded by twinkly lights that they've become stuck in my head as holiday fixtures. Such as The Lost Ark, Willy Wonka, Mary Poppins and The Wizard of Oz. Classic films. You can all get behind at Christmas. So, what's a good pick to watch on Stephen's Day? Sha? I want something great that'll keep everyone happy. This week we're going to talk about a very recent film. It's called Little Women and it was directed by Greta Gerwig and based on the novel by Louisa May Alcott. I'm working on a novel. It is a story of my life and my sisters. Make it short and spicy. And if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married by the end. The film is about a family of women whose father has gone off to war during the Civil War in America. And it's about the women who are left behind and uh, how they're coping with life. I'm a failure. Joe is in New York being a writer and I'm a failure. That's quite a statement to make it 20. So this film is about four sisters and their mother, really. But then it's the people around them as well. There's Laurie, who's the boy next door, who's very, very rich. He's got loads of money, but all he really wants is a family. And the little women, they're a really close family and they live in a really lovely little home that isn't fancy, but it's beautiful. They have loads of fun. They're always messing and they, you know, they're a very creative Ooh, gang of women. Sorry, I didn't know anyone was here. Not at all. Sit, stay if, you, if you'd like. I want to serve you. No. I don't know many people here. I felt rather strange at first. Mm. You know? So do I. So Laurie loves hanging around with them. The main character is Joe, and it kind of follows her from being, you know, a, a young teenager all the way up to being an adult and getting her first book published. A lot of what Little Women is about is being creative and having a space where that's encouraged and then where that can take you in life. A new play written by Miss Joe March. 
think there's a lot in this film that anybody can relate to. It's not solely about women. I suppose one of the things that it's about is uh, the people who are left behind when there's a war happening. And it's also a film that deals with kind of society and how if you're in a certain level of society, trying to create a life for yourself where you can comfortably be in a different part of society, which can be very, very difficult. I want to be great or nothing and I will not be some commonplace dauber and I don't intend to try anymore. But it also deals with a character like Laurie who is in the upper echelons of society and all he really wants is this nice family full of warmth. It's actually kind of crazy when you look back over uh, the history of cinema, how few films have been directed by women. Women do a lot of work on films and there's a lot of female producers and even writers, costume designers and all of that stuff. There's plenty of women working in the film industry, but there's not a lot of female directors. And it's something that has been talked about, which is brilliant. We're finally actually addressing why there's not that many female filmmakers, why they're not getting the same opportunity as men, and maybe they're not getting treated as seriously as men when they do make films. You know, I just, I just feel, I just feel like women, they, they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts and they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty and I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for I'm so sick of it So Little Women came out last year and it was directed by Greta Gerwig who was well known as an actress and then she made a film about two years ago called Lady Bird that is also delightful and this was her kind of big studio film and everyone was really really pleased that she got the opportunity to make this and finally a woman's voice being put out into the world because there's just not that many female filmmakers especially in the Hollywood studio system. Lots of female filmmakers out there doing good work but it's just being given the opportunity to direct big budget films like Little Women. No one makes their own way. Least of all a woman. You'll need to marry well. You are not married aren't Well that's much. because I'm rich. It is actually a film about women's voices and if you just let them speak and hear them you come up with a classic. She structures the film in a bit of a different way than the book. It chops around time a little bit. Nothing too complicated or anything like that. It's very funny. There's lots of fun stuff going on in this film. The actors are all great. Saoirse Ronan, our very own Saoirse Ronan, who's from Carlo, like me. She's fantastic. And like it, there's loads of really funny moments in this film. Mostly I like um, horror films and thrillers and sci-fi. But I absolutely love a good story. And this is a really good story. I would describe Little Women as involving, exquisite, and emotional. It will be on streaming services around this time. So, who does she marry? Excellent choice, Chad. Check this movie out. It's really hard to pick a film everybody's going to enjoy. Tell me about it. Last year you tried to get me to watch Gremlins. It was terrifying. And me trying to get the spuds right. I know, Granny. Everyone's a critic, which gives me an idea. This week's film expert doesn't work behind the camera. Instead, they talk about films for a living. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi, I'm Michael Doherty. I'm the movies editor of the RTE Guide. I've always been interested in movies. So when I was at school, I wrote for the school magazine. I took a page and said I want to be the film critic for the school magazine. When I went to college, I set up a magazine so I could be the film guy on the college magazine. If I was doing it now and I was, if I was young, I'd have my own blog. I love movies. I'm passionate about movies. It's my job, but it's also my hobby. That's the key. The daily job, and I'm, I'm in a normal pre-pandemic scenario, is you'd go and see a movie 
in the mornings now would be before maybe a few weeks before the movie comes out before the public get to see it so you'd be on a cinema maybe 10 30 in the morning with maybe it could be just be with five people five other critics or if you were doing an interview a special interview a one-to-one interview with the director or the actor you might go earlier and it would just be you so you'd be sitting in the cinema i've often done that just sat in the cinema on my own watching a movie that's what i do three or four times a week and then when I have interviews, then I travel to wherever they are. Sometimes we do an interview over the phone. But for the most part, it's nice to be there to see to see them face to face. Also, we might get calls to say there's a movie being shot on location and they'd invite you to be on the set. So you'd spend the day on the set and watch it being filmed so that when you when the movie comes out, maybe a year later, you can talk to the filmmakers and it's you have an extra edge because you can remember being there on the day. Uh, here we go. Rolling sound, quiet. I shy away from the sort of film critic because it sounds almost like a negative thing. I mean, I, I appreciate movies and that's why it's important if I'm writing about them. I would have a certain knowledge because not only do I watch movies, but I have a library of movie books. If I'd been on the set of a movie a year previously, then I've interviewed the director and the writer and the actor. Then when it comes to me seeing the movie, that gives me sort of an edge over what, what normal film people would go and see a film and they see it on screen. Whereas I would have interviewed everybody involved being on the set. So it gives me a certain extra layer of knowledge. And sometimes in a positive way, because you can say, well, this really worked. Because when I was on the set of the movie, I spoke to the director about what he wanted from the movie. I see the finished film and I can say, yes, he, he achieved that. Sometimes you, you go and see a movie and it isn't that, that great. And you know, you can tell where the, where the problem is because you know what he set out to achieve. And you can see, well, actually, it didn't quite succeed. Traditionally, it was. I mean, it was a male preserve. It was really was. But thankfully, in recent years, we're seeing some terrific filmmakers. Female directors are getting big budgets, which is very, very important. And they're showing that they can make big movies. You make a good picture or you make a bad picture. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female. That criteria should always, always apply. Back in the day, I used to go on sets. I wouldn't see a, a female face. Now I'm seeing female editors, scriptwriters, cinematographers and directors. So that's, that's a really, really positive thing. Because if you're a, a young woman who wants to be in the film business, you need to see yourself. You know, it's, if you can see it, you can be it. You need to see that, and that's, that is happening. Whether I like a movie or don't like a movie, it's important for me to explain, and for any critic or any reviewer to explain why. Because everybody has different tastes. So I'm not sort of pompous enough to think that, oh, if I didn't like it, you won't like it. So I will make a point of saying, I didn't like it because of a, B, C, and D. And if you're reading my review and you go, well, you know what? I like A and B, so I might like this movie. And that's, I'm quite happy when people say that. You know, I don't want to just come across as if I am this sort of be-all and end-all. And no, no reviewer should be. Whereas if I just say about a movie, oh, this is great, five stars, you're not explaining why you think it's great. And it's, it's of no use really to the prospective moviegoer. I don't like the star rating. If I could not have the star rating, I'd be very happy as well. But people do want... They do want the sense. I mean, for me, five stars is 100%. That means it's perfect. So I've, I've given, you know, three movies five stars in 20 years. Like, I mean, four stars, is that's 80%. That's like an A+. plus. So if you're getting four stars, you really are loving a movie. So I, I, I don't really understand this five-star business unless it's actually, you're saying, this is perfect. Music, editing, performance, narrative, directing. If everything is absolutely top top of the mark when fine five stars but very few movies achieve that jaws there's no flaw in jaws i suppose ask yourself who is this movie being aimed at the basic thing is that if it's comedy did it make you laugh if it's a thriller were you scared by it were you you know were you engaged by it 
Uh, if it's a romance, did you find, were you moved by it? Did you find it, did you find it moving? What impact, what effect did it have on you as a cinema goer? Because you are representing all the cinema goers. I go back to what I said earlier on. Explain why you like it. And if you didn't like it, explain why you didn't like it. Why it didn't work for you. Jot it down if you're thinking, you know what, as you're watching it, this movie is too slow. It's going too slowly. It's not, it's not picking up on the story. Or if you think, well, the leading actor is very good and the leading actress is very good. But the, the other guys, I don't believe them for a moment. Like if I was sitting in the, sitting in the cinema, I, I actually would be writing it down in the dark. I don't believe this character. And, be, and if it doesn't develop, you go, then at the end of the thing, you can look at your page and go, yeah, actually, what, the reason why I didn't like it, that character wasn't developed. The music didn't work. And a plot line that might be started out early on that suggested this was where the story was going to go wasn't resolved. You can go, you know, what happened with that? So that's why it's important because people go in with a pen and a paper, even in the dark. But on a basic level, it really is. Am I enjoying this experience? Because basically you're giving us two hours of your time and you're writing for people who have to give up two hours of their time and who have to buy the ticket, buy popcorn, maybe get a babysitter, get parking. So it really needs to be worthy of their, of their time. And so ask yourself, that's the question you ask, you ask yourself, you know, is this actually worth, worth my while? Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. If you're a kid and, and if you love your movies, Netflix have just put up all this, a lot of the Studio Ghibli, Japanese animated movies, and they are just marvellous, wonderful stories. And, you know, if you like animation and it's fantasy and it's just, everything is there. Ghibli has everything you want. And I would recommend that to any, any young person who loves movies and who hasn't seen one especially. Watch one and then take it from there. My first movie experience as a child, was being brought to what is probably one of the original summer movies, and that was Jaws. Sitting there near the front row, which is which became the shallow end effectively, I was dazzled by it. Incredible to see this. What was it, a young filmmaker? I didn't know who Steven Spielberg was. I didn't know the story of Jaws. I was I was a young kid, and probably shouldn't have been in there. I was probably underage, and it was just a marvelous experience. It got hold of me, and I could see, and I was so I was moved by it. I was on the edge of my seat. I was laughing. I was crying, I was scared, I was thrilled, and it just got me into the whole idea that if something can take me out of myself, out of my life, and bring me into this world, I don't want to be a part of this. Thanks so much, Michael. If you have anybody in film reviewers out there, get in touch. Junior at rte.ie. And we might include you in the next season. Michael's top picks of what's on over the break can be found in the Christmas RT Guide, which is out now. All season long, in every episode, I've had one of you come up with a film you'd like to see made. But I thought I'd try something different for the final show. There's one film that is fairly safe to say almost all of us watches around Christmas. Hi, I'm Ava and I'm nine. Home Alone is one of the films I've watched most of all. I can't seem to find my toothbrush, so I'll pick one up when I go out today. Other than that, I'm in good shape. I like it because it's funny and interesting. All right. What is life saving? If I was Kev, I wouldn't probably be able to set all the traps he did, but I would try to do stuff like it. I like the one where there's pins on the carpet and he steps on it. I think that's my favourite part because I think that's the one that gets them most distracted that, uh, so we can save more time. So I think it's one of the one of the best Christmas films. So, Ava gave me a good idea. 
What if I asked our audience to put themselves in Kevin's shoes? Kevin from Home Alone? To be honest, I just install a burglar alarm. Draw a wall. I would really just hide in the cupboard, get a big brush and tie it into a trolley and then push it out them and put them in the If I was like Kevin in Home Alone, I would make a trap that goes from like the upstairs of our house from the downstairs and I would have things that come out of cupboards and things that pop out. I would make a vention that would make me invisible so the burglars can't get me. I would put oil on the floor and I would put a string and I would put two like sticky tape there so then they would bang their head and I would open the door and then I would just put more olive oil and then I would just put like a pie on the, the wall and then they would just bash their head in through so then they can't see after. I would probably get some string attach it to the front door, then I'd get a bucket of water or paint on top and then I'd attach that to the string and then when they open it, when the robbers come in, the string would fall and the bucket of water would fall down on their head. I would put a pan on the roof and a rope on the ground so when when they're not looking they'll fall on the roof and, and the rope and then the pan will hit their head and they'll fall down. I would get a scary tin that, that feels like real and then they would walk into a button and then when they walk in the room there's going to be a big net trapped on them. Smash a plate and put all the pieces onto the floor so they get hurt and run away. Maybe buy a big dog so it can bark and maybe bite your hand off. <laughs> um, we have a little dog called Penny and she would probably bark at burglars. When she barks, she goes like, ah. When you try to go into the chimney, when you go down, fine. That's <laughs> it, I would get my new Nerf gun and shoot them with it. I would set the alarm, lock the doors, and in the night if the alarm went off, I would go down the stairs. If I saw a burglar, I would shoot them. <laughs> Aim for the nuts. Yes! 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 Oh, I think all your houses are safe this Christmas, parents. These kids mean business. <laughs> Ah, but I skipped ahead. This isn't exactly festive, but I think all of Sean's tips throughout the series have been like little gifts in how to make a film. Apart from winning the Fresh Film Festival, Sean's best known for the work he does on YouTube. You know this, but kids are watching more YouTubers than any traditional TV. Huge amounts of you list YouTuber as your chosen career in the future. So Sean, how do you do it right? So this week, we're going to be talking about YouTube. So before we were born, say for example, in the early 2000s or in the late 1900s, getting your film out there was seriously hard. Hello, Sonny. I'm a man in my 30s and I remember the last century. Thankfully, that is not the case these days. 
you might be familiar with the online website, YouTube. This is one of the best video platforms on the internet, if not the best. I absolutely love this site. Like me, you may have watched countless hours of videos. It is a great way to express yourself and show the world your skills. And for me, it's also an incredible place to gain inspiration from. Hey guys, I'm an old tiny YouTuber. Do you like the fluss? Making fluss? your teeth, right? For filmmakers, it is a fantastic method of getting your work out there and seeing what the world thinks of it. You may even want to start your own YouTube channel. I've been doing YouTube now for almost four years, and if you want to start your own YouTube channel, here are some tips I would have for you. Number one, don't expect to do everything perfect from the beginning. The quality of video, sound, or entertainment might not be on point at first. But that is absolutely fine. There is no problem with that. In fact, that is amazing because that means you have places to improve. Welcome to my YouTube channel where I will talk and you will listen today. I still feel like I'm constantly figuring things out. And honestly, that is one of the best parts of making videos online. Finding ways to improve each and every time you upload is surprisingly interesting. Basically, don't put yourself under any pressure to be perfect from the beginning. That will not be a problem for me. Number two, be yourself. People love watching YouTubers who are honest about themselves, who are happy to express their true character. If you have a different type of personality or film technique, then that is brilliant. That is probably going to be one of your best assets in pursuing YouTube. That is because it means you will stand out from the rest. Don't hide yourself. My angle is that everything's upside down. Also, if you feel a little nervous or shy about showing your face or voice on the internet at first, or if your parents don't really want you to, that is totally cool. Don't feel any pressure to put your face online. I was really nervous about this at first. So what I did was I made some stop motion Lego videos without showing my face or voice to gain some confidence. There are many ways of making videos without having to show yourself. Number three, just start. What a lot of people do when they want to start YouTube is worry way too much about all of the little details. My hair, my nails, my nostrils. They worry about making their first video the best one ever. We would all like to make an incredible video from the get-go, but we don't have to do that from the very start of our YouTube experience. All you have to do to get started is sit down, record a video about anything you want to talk about, and then upload it. From there, things will start to fall into place. Like your intro, your outro, the growth of your audience. At first though, all you have to do is upload a video. You have given me much confidence to launch my Hedgehog-based channel. Besides YouTube, TikTok is another great platform, and I'm sure you're already on it. It is a great and fun way of expressing yourself through video, and there are countless techniques that you can use to make an awesome edit, including green screen, special effects, and more. You can also use most songs in your edits, which makes it even more fun to work with. It is a really fantastic way to learn about creativity in editing. So even if you don't want to become famous on it, you can still practice making some fun videos. Danny, you totally ruled that take us so much love. My challenge for this week would be to find some YouTubers that you really admire. What is it about their videos that you like so much? And how can you adapt these features to your own videos? For me, I have loads of inspirations online and they constantly help me not only be motivated to make videos, but also help me figure out new ways of telling stories. Thanks, Sean. If you look up Stellar Sean on YouTube, you'll find Sean's channel. You can watch all his movies there, but also his brilliantly made personal posts. If you want to see how to do something right, watch an expert in the field. Why not make a now? Hard to believe we're so close to the end of this really weird year. 
and the whole season. I hope Movies Are Magic has helped explain a little bit more about why movies really are magic. But I couldn't end this episode without asking our main contributors and our audience what films make Christmas special for them. Sha, what do you reckon? My favourite Christmas film is It's a Wonderful Life from 1946, starring James Stewart, who is one of my favourites. It's about a man called George Bailey who has a nice life uh, with a nice family and runs the local bank in a small town in America, but is going through a bit of a a rough patch and he's feeling very low. An angel is sent down to him to show him what the world would be like if he had never existed. Bert, do you know me? Know you? You kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. So it's basically about even when you're feeling low, how important you are to other people, even if you don't know it, how much you're loved, how much of an impact you have on the world every single day. It is such an uplifting, heartwarming film and it will be on telly ten times over Christmas, so do check it out. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. I like to watch Christmas Chronicles. Because it's nighttime. Santa Claus! Tell me you're getting this. Christmas Chronicles 1 and Christmas Chronicles 2. Because the first one, they stay up, they set a trap, and then it goes off, and they jump into Santa's sleigh. They were, like, in Dublin, and it took them five seconds to get to Chicago. Kate, stupidly, touched Santa and said, you have a blanket, and Santa shouted, ah! And then Santa crashed the sleigh. My name is Sarah Jane, and I'm six years old. Mickey's Christmas Carols. My name is Sophie Shannon, and I am 10 years old. Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas, because it has really good humor, and it's a classic. What's yours, Sean? My favorite Christmas movie would have to be, without a shadow of a doubt, The Santa Claus. Putting on the suit and entering the sleigh, the wearer waves any and all rights to any previous identity, real or implied, and fully accepts the duties and responsibilities of Santa Claus in perpetuity until such time that wearer becomes unable to do so by either accident or design. There's something about the humor in it, the mystery, but also the warmth. Oh, it's really got a mix of everything in there and at the end of the day it's just a fantastic Christmas movie to watch with the family so my favourite Christmas movie is The Santa Claus I think I'm going to go into the family business my own Christmas favourite is one it's not that easy to find but every single time it pops up I get sucked in again A Christmas Tale is the story of a spectacle wearing boy who just wants a BB gun for Christmas no matter what people tell him you'll shoot your eye out kid it's really funny Quite cruel in places, but an incredibly satisfying watch. Come on, on the double, on the double. Hip, hip, hip. My God, we're done. Siri, play Nikki's Christmas party mix loud. It's time for the Movies Are Magic Christmas party. Who's going to come to your party, Nikki? Loads of friends, Granny. <laughs> Not going to let you spoil this. Those Lego people you built last week aren't your friends. You've been so nasty to me all season long, Granny. It's all tough love, Nikki, but it's Christmas. Do we let bygones be bygones? Sure. Come here to me. Give your granny a great big Christmas kiss. Nope. An elbow bump's the best we can do in current circumstances, granny. I just want to keep you safe. Should I have gotten the vaccine? Got your lipstick on. Teeth and out. Mm. Come here to me. Help me, Santa. <laughs>
Bailey. And I'm Phil. And together we dive into your questions. About life, the universe and everything in it. We might blow things up. I love that. We might run in circles. We might even chop off heads. Uh, mortal, I think, is like a buzzing fly. And maybe we'll pretend to be scientific pirates. Oh, yo, yo ho, ho, a bottle of science. So if you're be interested, tune in and subscribe. <laughs> and let's dive in. <laughs> <laughs>